We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we work and live, the people of the Gubby Gubby Nation, and recognise their continuing connection to land, water and community. We pay respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to the Take A Seat Podcast. This podcast brings awareness to disability sports and supports. We are talking to experts and athletes with a disability from around the world. Before we get stuck into this episode, we want to say a massive thank you to our sponsor, the Suncoast Spinners. The Suncoast Spinners are a social wheelchair-based sporting club. They operate multiple programs for people of all ages and abilities in basketball, rugby and more. Follow Suncoast Spinners on Facebook, Instagram and find out more about them at suncoastspinners.com.au. Welcome back, Cameron. We're uh, episode 15 now and we're on to the second the second support episode. We are. So do you want to tell us who you've lined up for us today? So we got Chris from Surge here, and this is a fascinating app that is just changing the world. It's taken the world by storm, especially here in Australia, and I can't wait to learn more about it. Excellent. Well, that app, that's certainly something different and in for the new times. So Chris, we'd like to welcome you to take a seat with us on the Take a Seat Project. G'day, guys. Thanks for having me here today. No worries. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for the big uh, big wrap there, uh, Cam. That's fantastic. <laughs> no problem Huge at rap. all. Huge wrap. Okay, so it's an app, support services. What's the what's the market? What's the niche? So the problem that we're trying to solve, greater source of discrimination that people with disability uh, face is from service and hospitality staff. It's surprising that uh, not many people know about the statistic. It's actually the rate of discrimination is about 75% higher than the, the, the same discrimination someone would face as an employee. It's just not talked about. 75% greater. 70%, 75% higher than if you were also an employee with disability. It's fascinating that it's not talked about. It's uh, you know lots of amazing work around uh, improving employment for people with disability. Absolutely fundamental. But the other side of the coin is uh, as a customer. Yeah. yeah. And so as a customer, that discrimination, I'm imagining that that varies from the fact of being able to reach that top shelf, maybe stock not being at, a, at a, an accessible level, height, shopping carts, trolleys. Talk us through how this app making all of that accessible. Probably the most important thing before we go forward is to say that service staff don't wake up in the morning thinking how they can treat customers with disability poorly. They want, Service staff by nature want to give all their customers a great experience, right? Yeah. yeah. As you guys know, and certainly uh, the audience will know, that you know, about 71% of uh, disability is invisible. Yeah. So mm-hmm. irrespective, if you've had amazing customer service training, when you have a person with disability arrive at your venue... How do you know for sure that that person's um, behaviours is relating to a disability or something else? I'll give you an example for you, for you guys in the audience. To this is the this is the example that really brings it home, particularly for Australians. Typically, as Aussies, we love going to the pub. Mm-hmm. Now, imagine there's a scenario that as you go through life, you develop a degenerative condition, for example, motor neuron disease, and one of the first changes that you'll notice is you have an unsteady gait and you start to slur your speech. Mm-hmm. We're going to the pub to order that beer or the glass of champagne was a great experience with your mates. Now there's a level of fear and anxiety because you're not sure, are you actually going to get refused service because the, the bartender assumes that you're intoxicated? We've actually had a very similar story with uh, Rob, our episode two guest, yeah. with his Parkinson's, and, and he said about being in IGA and pub and things like that where... 
people start looking, snickering and, and being cut off. So he's kind of avoided those type of locations for that exact reason. So this app will definitely change that type of yeah. thought process and modeling for someone like him who's so outgoing and would absolutely love it. That is actually, it, it's sort of, that was beyond my, my when Cam told me about this app and, and the idea of assisting people whilst was shopping is sort of the first and the only sort of thing that sort of encapsulated in my mind about this app. So that to, to hear you say that, that's a that's beyond what I thought. And I think that's really impressive. What else is there? I'm interested. So, and this is, this is where we believe the magic of the Surge app comes to life. So that our marketing spiel is that we're a companion app for people with disability, parents, carers, or support workers to not only find accessible venues, but to be guaranteed an inclusive experience when they arrive. Yeah. So another way of saying that same thing is imagine it a little bit like having your own personal disability advocate in your pocket. That sounds like a great app. You also said to to me when we were, we were talking on the phone in that, that Serge works best when he's not working at all. You yeah. want to explain that to James? Because uh, yeah. that sounds really odd to say it that way. But the way you explained it to me was really, really well said. And I, I actually was like, yeah, that would work definitely that way. So you would have heard from you know, the big tech titans that, you know, that technology helps make the world more inclusive and more connected. And we want to take that same... Th- theme and what you're trying to explain there cam is the story around that a surge is most effective when he's not being used sounds a bit counterintuitive but let me just talk you through what i'm trying to get to so in this scenario where i go to the pub to order my beverage at, at the bar and also let's have empathy for the service staff members at the same time that they've got their responsible service of alcohol to ad- adhere to um, and so they're going to be guessing is you know why is this person behaving uh, this way? And if we can remove that guesswork so that I know exactly why you've got an unsteady gait because of degenerative condition, then I'm going to treat you completely differently than if I'm guessing, oh, is this person intoxicated? So it's having that information allows me to approach the relationship through empathy versus through ignorance. So back to the question, Cam, is so that with Surge, I can send you my personal preferences as a customer up to 60 minutes before I arrive. So you as the bartender, I'm going to send that notification to your point of sale or your tablet or your smartphone, whatever works for you as the business owner so that your staff know about your arriving customer with disability and and how to give them the best guest experience. And so I'm going to send that information to you up to 60 minutes before I arrive and also as I turn up. So for example, as I pull up at the car park, I'm going to send you another notification, hey, I'm here. And all I want is just to be served like a regular customer. The bartender uh, reads that notification, takes about 10 seconds, it's really easy. And so when I as the customer walk in and I'm speaking with the bartender, Surge is actually asleep in, the, in my pocket. The bartender yeah. consumed that bit of information 15 seconds ago, 60 minutes ago. The most important part is when two humans are interacting in the real world, the customer and the service staff member, where normally there's fear and anxiety on one side and there's guesswork on the other side, there's the uncertainty. And Surge has done his job seconds ago, minutes ago, an hour ago. And we're trying to disrupt when two people are interacting in the real world and making that relationship amazing from the get-go. There you go, James. I told you it sounds so good when he explained it to me on the phone. And I was like, wow, when Serge isn't working, he's working and he's done his job already. Like, that's an unbelievable app to be able to get to that point. 
And we only spoke about it with Blair last week where you said that, you know, you didn't know about disability in certain scenarios and, and Dave said it's experience, it's getting to know it. You know, when you work in retail and other avenues, you don't necessarily know about all the disabilities. You're not learning about it. You're not being exposed to it. So Serge is doing your job for you really in that experience avenue. But not only that, who knows about their disability better than, better than the person that has the disability? So you they know, can- You know what I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah, go, go. Comes back to salami. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> so James has this running theme that- um, Salami. Salami. He didn't know that salami was a meat until he was told that salami was a meat. And I just accepted it to be salami and didn't ask questions about it, you know? I had no, no education about it, didn't even think about it. <laughs> and and the, the thing that's just, fascinating about that is that's- the significant majority of our society about disability. Yeah. And that's exactly why we keep bringing up this exact right. salami type of quote is because people just don't know. They just accept it as, oh, you have a disability. It's the end of the spectrum. You can't do this. You can't do that. And we're trying to educate the general public around the fact that, you know, you can do the different things. You can help. You just got to use apps or learn or whatever else to be able to get that information to make you a better service or a better customer relations or anything. Like, and that's why this app is so good and it's going to work really well. I did see uh, yesterday or the day before you were in Melbourne. Uh, yeah, so we've got uh, one of our other clients, Belgravia Leisure. They've got 200 aquatic and leisure centres across Australia and New Zealand and uh, they've embraced Surge wholeheartedly. And uh, so they're launching a whole bunch of new venues, particularly on the northern and eastern suburbs of Melbourne in September. And there's quite a, uh, a lot of other venues coming on- online at the same time. And so we had to go down there and introduce ourselves to the venue managers and the teams. And you know, to me, business is all about relationships. And so if they don't know who I am and they don't have trust with Surge, then you know, how-, how can they embrace the technology for the betterment of their, their customers? What I, what I want to know is um, you said before that the, the app tells the user how accessible it is. So you going to down to Belgrave, are you making uh, accessibility audits of these venues? So Surge doesn't do audits. We don't do compliance. There's a number of and there's a number of reasons why. I, you know, if you ever ask uh, any hard questions, that's a good one. That I think if you try and get to have certain certifications and standards, it actually takes the enthusiasm away from businesses getting on board. Mm-hmm. They yeah. they then embra- they then get fearful of getting it wrong. And one of the big things that we've found is business have invested so much money in their accessible features, particularly after the building code practice came in in 2010. But there's still a huge hesitation. Well, what if we haven't quite got it? right and we promote we've said we're absolutely accessible and we promote that we're accessible for everyone and then we're not to a couple of people then we run the risk of bad brand damage so even though they've invested so much money they don't promote their accessibility so if you're living with disability one thing that we were told by our community in the early days is chris when we have with our disability we love we lose spontaneity we need to prepare and plan before we go somewhere, but businesses just don't put on their website their accessible features. So we can't even do a Google search to find out whether it is or is not. And it's not until we turn up and we go, oh, doesn't yeah. work for me. And that's a good thing about the app is businesses can list what type of features they do and don't have, isn't it, as well for you? For so to search. us, when I mentioned we don't do compliance, to us, the important thing is state what you do have. So a person can make their own informed decision whether it is or is not accessible for them. 
as an as an example, you know, in the early days of starting Surge, we had um, you know this. Uh, I bumped into an organisation that wanted to go around and create certification standards for cerebral palsy friendly organisations. Now, I don't quite understand how you can actually achieve that, given the the vast difference in level of mobility implications around just that one disability, cerebral palsy. We've got people in a community with cerebral palsy where a venue would be accessible for them, but with their friends in a high-needs wheelchair, it is not. And so since they don't promote anything around their accessible features, then neither of them can make an informed decision whether it would work for them or not. This is the easiest way that I can put this for myself right now, is I'm thinking when I go camping with a bunch of mates and then maybe one or two of them say, no, no, we need showers. So you go to the Q, QGov or... The, yeah, the QGov, like, camping website. Camping yeah, website. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and so it lists all the features, like, you do on a map uh, as, a, as a key. tells you if it's got the showers, tells you if it's got the bathroom, tells you if it's dog-friendly, tells you if it's got picnic tables, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Is yes. it, and, it's sim- and it's sort of similar to that? So probably when it comes to this around access... So we have a, we're a marketing platform for a business to be able to promote their accessible features. So you can use our platform to put up all the images around your accessibility. So if you're a tourism operator, typically you go to the website and you'll see the picture of the lovely view up the Noosa River. Yeah. But if you can't get out onto the veranda to get to the view, well, not much point actually booking that hotel room. But if you have images on your website of here is the step to get out on the veranda or here is the height of the bed so I can get my hoist underneath the bed and you put those images on your standard website, then people who have got no idea about disability look at that website and don't understand the content. If you want to describe your accessible features and you want to do it in a high contrast, well-structured, laid out bullet point, so if you've got a developmental learning disability, then you want to be able to find that information easily on a website as opposed to inside beautifully crafted paragraphs, lots of adjectives, you know, and not consistent across websites. So we allow a business to promote their accessible features. But that's actually not really what Surge is about. If you've the most important thing to us around inclusion and community participation for all disability is not your accessible features. You may have invested a huge amount of money in the accessible ramps, bathrooms, car parks. But if the customer arrives and their first experience when they arrive as a customer is that they're inadvertently discriminated against by the service staff member at the reception counter, doesn't matter how much you invested in, how much capital you invested into your accessible features because that person, you've just ruined that person's whole experience based on the customer service. So if you want to be inclusive for all disabilities, the most important thing to get right is your customer service. And that doesn't cost anything. No. And in America, they get tipped for their customer service. Like it's a big thing to promote customer service in all avenues. And we don't, it's not that we don't do it here in Australia, but it's not as in your face as the United States and places like that. But customer service, you always remember that restaurant. Oh, I got really well served there. I remember that, like, you know, the food tastes better and that not because necessarily the the restaurant was better, but your experience overall was better. I find that's a big, big influence and sort of sums up what you were saying there. Like, you know, your whole experience, it's not just about the accessibility. It's not just about the customer service. They need to be hand in hand, but Mm -hmm. customer service is a big, big factor into that. Customer service is the biggest one. If you treat someone and their family, treat them well, then you're going to tell your family and friends, you're going to go back there as a repeat visitor, uh, you're going to continue to spend your money there. And as an example, going back to the first one we talked about with the pub, right? You imagine uh, one of your good mates develops motor neuron disease and you go to the pub 
with him or her and they experience that dis- that inadvertent discrimination where they are refused service because they've assumed intoxication versus disability and you your mate gets kicked out you're probably not going to go back to that pub again and even even when you uh, if you're not with your mate and you want to find a pub to go to you'll probably prioritize and go to the pub that did look after your mate to make sure that your dollar is getting spent there even if you're not with your friend yeah, I, f- I find myself doing that. Yeah, like if, if there's uh, restaurants or bars or whatever it is. Actually, uh, yeah, young Buck James when he was 18 out on Ocean Street, right, gets kicked out of one of the – gets kicked out of one of the one of the bars and then uh, for absolutely no reason. I was really DD for the night. I was, I was a designated driver. Anyway, so I get kicked out for some absurd reason. And then uh, I don't think I've been back in that bar since then. What am I, 20 20- – Four? 20, I don't know, 98, 20, yeah, 24. <laughs> you don't even know so, what, no, how so old you are. Six years, I haven't put a foot back in that bar since that day. You know? so there you go. The Quick. experience is everything. But the one thing that I want to quickly capitalise on is the fact that you, you said that the customer experience is, is free. Not only that, but the app. Is that free? For the, the app, the companion app for people with disability, parents, care, support workers is free of charge. We're yeah. a software as a service business. Uh, so a business pays $50 a month to use our platform to provide outstanding guest experiences for their customers with disability, which represents 20% of the community. They influence the direct spend of another 2.5 people. It's a customer segment, which is absolutely massive and businesses have not been prioritising a very valuable customer segment, and we allow them to get it right. You've also, when we were talking on the phone, you nailed it down to the exact number or very close to the exact number of people that businesses are unserving by not being disability friendly or accessible and that. It was uh, fascinating to the exact size. It typically, when we throw these numbers out, people then sort of get a little bit sure, Chris, righto? It's that big, is it? And it blows my mind that businesses haven't cottoned on to how valuable this customer segment is. So if you just run the simple mass and there's, you know, there's PhD candidates which have done all that. So they're not my numbers, but this is, this is how it goes. Peer reviewed journal articles. <laughs> so there's 1.8 billion people in the world that live with disability. Each person with disability directly influences the spend of an, another 2.5. Oh, just to say, you know, if you, if, you take, if you take into account on a base level. 4.5 billion? Yeah, so about half the planet is directly influenced by disability. If you take the discretionary spend of all those people, it's equivalent to the GDP of China. James is like doing Rain Man maths in his head my, and just, yeah. his head is just blown. My Don't worry, I had went, the same- to my apparently recessed hairline. <laughs> I, I literally had the same reaction, like sitting there talking to Chris and I was like, wait, what? It's that, wow. And my mind just exploded exactly like yours just did there. I'm just trying to picture a, a, a map you know how you see like those, those uh, uh, geographical space maps where they section everything off, nice colours, pretty colours? And I'm picturing China, 4.5 billion people. That is what is influenced by also the same number of people with a disability globally. Yes. And you think of how much of an influence China has on the world. So the exact yeah. same is within the disability community from support workers, carers, family, and the person with a disability themselves. Like that's a massive, massive reach that goes across the entire world yeah. to spending better. Yeah, creating a greater experience for them while they're out in the community. But to me, there's a, there's a conundrum or a question that needs to be asked. If it's so valuable, why aren't businesses scrambling over each other for the disability dollar? Why is it that we've got the disability advocates which have been you know, championing the cause of people with disability for so much longer than what I have for their entire lives, some of them? 
Why is it? And so it's not like disability is new. No, not at all. It's been around forever. The value of the community has been there forever. So why isn't it that disability, your standard business just doesn't scramble over and say, wow, there's a way to differentiate ourselves by creating an inclusive experience and looking after and prioritising our customers with disability. Oh, and the outcome is we're actually going to have a better bottom line. I think it's from my uneducated point of view in this area is that that dollar value isn't represented or isn't spoken about. But then also I've had experiences where in, in, in meetings where sort of planning meetings with, with buildings and it's sort of like, oh, okay, but what about like accessible bathrooms and showers that we're getting rid of? You're replacing that for, the, for a team team room, like a change room. Where are they going to be replaced at all? Oh, no, we've already got one in the building. We don't need to put another one in. So you're only going to have the one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so how about the accessible car parks? No, no, well, we, we have four and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna shuffle them around. We're only going to end up with two right at the front though. So it's a sporting complex, right? Like it's going to be maybe more than two people that need an accessible car park to shop. And it's like, well, look, if, we, if we're going to put all these things in, it's just going to cost too much. So from the experience that I've had, a lot of developers and a lot of planners and engineers look at it from the fact of it just costs too much and they don't have it in the budget to do these modifications. I don't know how much a sliding door is worth or what a ramp is worth to put in, but I feel like it's worth a lot more than the dollar figure. And and that's what uh, Chris has exactly said, that, you know, the Surge app isn't telling you how to be accessible or what you need to add or not add, but it does say what is available at that venue and it it will bring uh, people to the venue if there is more car parks and if the bathroom is more accessible and that, you know, people can quickly jump on the website and learn about those different things. It's a delicate subject, I suppose. We like, we like to imagine it as like we're walking in eggshells and then there's a cloud in the room and then we just sort of like blow it out the room and we just... Be open. Just say Don't whatever. Don't hold back. That's what whatever, we're... Whatever it is. So my experience definitely is businesses typically don't jump on board because of the assumption to become accessible and inclusive is going to be too much money to get started, so I'm not going to. Not all businesses, let me be clear, but you know, that is a barrier. Their perception is to start this process, I'm going to have to invest, say, $50,000, $100,000 to get started. Yeah, that initial investment just to open the doors and say it. Now, the, the, and why we're very keen and clear on our messaging, which is it's actually about the most important thing to do and where to start is on inclusion. Because let's say we looked at the NDIS budget, this big $34 billion a year for the, the federal uh, government has, 63% of that budget goes to three categories of disability, which is autism, intellectual disability, and psychosocial disability. Those three disabilities represent 60% of the participants. Now, interestingly, most of those people with those three categories of disability do not associate with accessible bathrooms, accessible ramps, toilets, etc., because they don't have a mobility dis- disability, they have a mental disability, a developmental learning disability, psychosocial, I've got a fear of social interactions. What the majority of people with disability want is to be included and feel welcome and a part of the community, which is the customer service. So our message to business is start with customer service because it costs you nothing. You'll get the majority of the return investment because you're talking about the, the, uh, the majority of the categories of disability. And when you see the investment coming through and hitting your bottom line, the next step, if you hadn't already done it, is to invest that money back into your accessibility so it's definitely accessible for all. Because we're coming at this from a commercial lens. 
That's where we started this business. We only stumbled across this by um, talking to clients saying, no, no, we want to use Surge for, cu- for our customers with disability. And so I said, well, to solve that, we need to solve the business's problem at the same time. Because if the biggest barrier to community participation is the fear and anxiety, it's the barrier in my mind. It's not the physical access in, in, in a venue or at the, at the shop or at the beach. It's actually the fear of getting out of my house. That's Absolutely. the biggest barrier. The Take a Seat podcast is in your ears thanks to the Suncoast Spinners. The Suncoast Spinners are a wheelchair-based sporting club. They run social inclusion programs, including but not limited to basketball and rugby. If you want to get involved with the Suncoast Spinners programs, you can just rock up at Mergant, Morayfield and Sippy Downs on Wednesdays, Fridays and Saturdays or contact them on Instagram, Facebook or their website www.suncoastspinners.com.au. The Suncoast Spinners programs are for people of all ages and abilities. They're looking for players, officials and volunteers to help with all of their programs. So make sure you check out the Suncoast Spinners on Facebook, Instagram or on their website again, www.suncoastspinners.com.au. I've actually got two stories to jump on the back of that. So my partner, we've got some kids together and all that sort of thing. And my kids are now growing up around wheelchair sports and, and disabilities. So previous to my partner and I being together, she said she was afraid to, to talk to someone in a wheelchair. Not because she was afraid, but she didn't know how to talk to someone. She would generally just pass by, not being rude or ignorant or anything. It was just not something that she was familiar with, so kind of lent away from it necessarily. On the backside of that, now where we go everywhere together, she says hello to literally everyone. And that's how we got introduced herself, Chris and I, was purely between my partner. She, This is a really cool app that's just been shown to me, da 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 and happened to walk into IGA like the next day and bumped into Chris and was like, oh, and had a really good conversation. And, and that's how this interviews have happened is from that conversation. So my partner has now learnt about the disability world. And I don't say learnt about it in a way of like, you know, that, but being more involved in it. So, you know, just a small interaction like that has made a big difference. And the second story I wanted to go on to was... You, we've spoken about it quite a few times, James, where you went to Taps, the, the local bar here on the Sunny yeah, Coast, yeah, with yeah. Big uh, Shawnee, yeah, yeah. who's a really good mate of ours and everything. And the bartender come up to us and was like, oh, it's good to see you guys here. And, you know, your instant thought, James, was, oh, I, I, is like she coming over? Tokenism sort of thought, yeah. Yeah, because Sean's in a wheelchair and he, she's just coming over to, you know, do that token, like, oh, you're in a wheelchair, you've got a disability, it's good to see you here. Or is it because the guys actually are there and it's a good night out and whatever else? This is exactly where Surge fits into that is if you and Sean had have already sent that message out, that thought of it previous would have already been gone because one, she would know that Sean was in in the venue and also would know why he was in a wheelchair and all those little facts and information that you don't necessarily then have to say, but she also knows he's Sean and she would have walked up and gone, hey, Sean, hey, James, how you doing? So Serge has already done his job and your mindset is already like, well, she's coming up to actually have a conversation with us, not because Sean has a disability and it's like, oh, it's good to see you here. It's Serge has done that job for him. Yeah. She's already been educated on the back end of it, as you say, up to that 60 minutes prior. So she's aware and it's not a matter of now that that curiosity factor is gone and it's now she has the opportunity to either come up and say, hey, Sean, how are you? And for example, now she, she may have had 60 minutes to Google what is... X, Y, Z. All locked on the search platform. Oh, really? Yeah. There you go. And then so, oh, okay, well, he might be able to, and for example, it might then flick up that there's wheelchair basketball. Oh, wheelchair basketball's there. She might then think, oh, does Sean play wheelchair basketball? What does he play? And might come up and say, do you play wheelchair basketball or whatnot? How's, how's life? What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. You know? Um, and I think that might be 
there might be something that we bring up with someone else as well that the idea of um when does it become tokenism or something or other but um I think that's a sort of a broader discussion for, for a much yeah. longer time. <laughs> how does a so how does a business get onto Surge or bring Surge to their facility? Really easily is the uh, the, the best answer. Um, we're a software as a service, so for a business, you go to our website, click on the sign up button, create your profile as a business, so that you can upload the images of the, your accessible imagery, a description, a hundred point checklist of what makes your your venue accessible, and a description around what sort of customer service or inclusive customer service you can deliver to your customers, so people with disability understand how their service is going to be more inclusive. Uh, for example, let's say we talk about White's IGA, uh, who are one of our um, biggest supporters here. Here on the Sunshine Coast, for them, around inclusive customer service is we're going to uh, meet or greet you upon arrival or shortly thereafter. So, for example, if you've got a, an intellectual disability and you want to be feel more welcome to help reduce that fear and anxiety, having someone come up and just say, "Hey, my name's Gail. Welcome to White's IGA. If there's anything that you need, just to settle the customer uh, and make them feel uh, more at home." Uh, we're also going to help if there's any inaccessible items. Absolutely, we're going to help uh, get those items for you if you can't reach them off the high shelf or in the, one of the deep fridges. If you need assistance and express checkout at the checkout because you, whether it's the chronic pain starting to you know kick in and make you fatigued, then we're going to make sure that your experience getting through that checkout is seamless and, and as enjoyable as possible. All amazing customer service that White's IGA already do, but being able to promote that to customers saying, oh, well, we actually can go here and this is the experience and so being, we can put that in the profile when, when a business signs up so that the customer, when you're making a decision in the app about where you're going to go, because it's essentially a business listing of inclusive organisations, where you're going to go and the customer service staff care about customers with disability. And give or take, those images in the description takes about an hour to set up, hit the save button and your profile's in the app. That's way too Love easy it. to that's not sign up to it. Yeah. Like honestly, that that's way too easy. So that's as a, as a business and then as a... As an individual that wants to, might be keen to use the app, I'm imagining it's on the Apple App Store and Google Play. And they download it and pretty much do the same thing, create a profile, upload their information, hopefully not an hour. Certainly hope not an hour. No, it's <laughs> but, but spot on. It's definitely available available in Google Play Store and Apple App Store. Download the app free of charge from, from that and put in your customer service preferences. And the most important thing is that you're in control of you sharing your preferences to that organization. So a business doesn't know that you've signed up. They can't send you spam emails. They can't contact you. It's you know it's a little bit the like the inverse of what some organisations do are about prying and tracking when you turn up at their store. It's more like you sort of actually tracking and knowing what businesses are on board. And I'm only going to share my customer service preferences with you the, just before I turn up. And when I leave, I'm actually going to take all that information back because it's not yours. It's mine. And then the business doesn't know anything about you until the next time you decide to turn up and send another notification. Okay, I'm now coming tomorrow. I'm going to send another notification because I do need help getting those inaccessible items off the high shelf. Love it, love it. I want to ask, so I know we, we talked about walking on eggshells and things very quickly previously, but business, I know that businesses can sign up on the website um, and yourself, you've been going around to businesses and explaining it to them and whatever else. What's some of the negative, no, I don't want that, uh, like I want it to be open and honest and, and things that people have said to you, you're just like, I can't believe that that business has said that to me and, and gone, whoa, like, and, and really stepped away from Surge or has that, maybe I'm just putting words in your mouth and that hasn't actually happened yet. Is there any of those sort of scenarios where you're like? What we find is a lot of uh, lip service. 
it's like, wow, that sounds amazing. We'd love to really offer, you know, and be inclusive for our customers with disability, but then nothing. There's a lot of businesses which want to say, yep, we're inclusive, and whether it's for disability, whether it's for multiculturalism, yep, we, we want to you know, fly the flag and, and be seen as inclusive. But actually walking the talk and actually doing something about it is a whole different kettle of fish. So we find we'll, we'll, a number of business will we'll pitch, we'll talk, yep, we're interested, but then taking the next step, where'd you go? Dear business owner, you seemed interested. You understood the, the commercial uplift. You understand the social inclusion, the, the power that it can do for your brand. But it's like, well, let's actually now make the change. You actually have to do something a little bit differently. You actually have to want to have customers with disability in your store. And that's my biggest fear, which is they give us the lip service, which is, yeah, but actually, do we want those customers in our store as some of the hard conversations that we've had and heard the comments of? You know, the real tough comments, which is, I've got a pretty high-profile restaurant, Chris. Do I really want customers drooling in high-need wheelchairs at the front for other people to walk past on the pavement? That's the comments that I was talking about. That doesn't need to be said. It's nasty. And, and a high-end service and a high-end restaurant is definitely somewhere where should be showing those type of things because at the end of the day, someone with a disability has probably never experienced that type of dining before. And by getting Surge on board, they're now actually getting clientele that they've probably never had before mm-hmm. as well. And as you said, it's not just the person with a disability, but the support worker or the family member or how many times have uh, like Corey in episode five where he said his friends in Alice Springs stopped taking him places because they didn't know it was accessible or not. And he started to lose social networks and everything because of that exact scenario. So, you know, that's a massive thing that Businesses shouldn't be saying that type of stuff. And society's changing. We used to have a model around uh, disability, which was institutionalisation. That's changing through to social inclusion. So this is what our society looks like. This is us. Let's be inclusive and irrespective of disability, multiculturalism, any type of group that's not included at the moment, this is us. It really comes back down to the fact that the environment is what influences or creates the disability or the discrimination. And if we can affect and if we can change that environment, make it so that there isn't a disability or that there isn't an inability to do something, then that's all we can ask for. But the final question I had for you, Chris, as you said, it's, it's, it's a business, it's a software platform. Your current market that we've discussed today with Surge is in stores and particularly in my mindset around the idea of retail, groceries, that kind of sort of scene. Where to next? So wherever someone goes as a customer. So that's, that's, and wherever you go as a customer, you always have to advocate to get treated with the respect and dignity that you deserve. Whether it's at, you know, for example, we've got the USC Sports Stadium and Aquatic Centre on board. I was going to say, sport. Uh, We've got Murray's on Duporth Cafe at Maroochydore on board. So whether you're going to the pharmacy, whether you're going to the doctor, whether you're going to Allied Health, the library, the cafe, the customer service desk at the council, when you're going travelling on an airline where the service staff don't have the right information about you as a customer to give you an inclusive experience. So the categories of where Surge can operate is as broad as wherever you go as a customer, because that's the problem that we're disrupting. When you are interacting with someone in the real world and that experience is poor because the person, the service staff member doesn't understand disability and in particular doesn't understand your disability so that you get treated well. That's a broad, broad opportunity, but the problem is the same wherever you go as a customer 
And whether that's, whether that's in Australia or whether that's in any international market where there's 1.8 billion people living with disability all experience the same challenges as a customer dealing with service staff. I also look at it like I'm very particular with my hair. I'm sure James is and uh, his manicures and pedicures. Are you saying that I, I, I actually don't worry about my hair, but thankfully it's a podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got a face for radio. Yeah, thanks. But it, it's really, I, I know with that, it's really difficult to get a good barber. And if I had a speech impediment or a difficulty with speech and trying to explain how the hell I want my hair or James with his fingernails and toenails, that's going to be really hard to get across to people that you've got to find the right barber or whatever, where if you've got surge, it, it's easy enough. And it's little things like that that make a difference. As you said, going to leisure spas and sports clubs and all those different venues that you're a customer, you can make it work. I know that, you know, Paige in, in her episode spoke about she gets her nails done, which is why I bring up the manicures and yeah, pedicures. Yeah. I had a, a way where I was just getting into India. <laughs> but Paige now, she could put surge on and, and she doesn't have to explain her right hand anymore she just turns up and we're talking a Paralympic athlete that is still going oh no that's just how my right hand is I'll help and I'll hold it this way and whatever else and she gets her nails done all the time now she can use Surge go and get her nails done and it, it works perfectly fine so this app I, I'm I'm gobsmacked by it and I, I can't wait to see how big and how far it goes definitely so very very a big thank you for coming on board Chris I think this might be the first episode that we'd finish on time so kudos <laughs> to Cam and I but uh, no, truly well spoken I think it's a great app, hearing about it, everything that it does. You know, it's not just the the sheer fact of helping someone through the store. There's there's much more that goes on beyond the, behind the scenes. And as you said, when Serge is not working, he's working at his best. So thank 100%, guys. Thanks for having me. And for any of your listeners, uh, go check out the Google Play Store on the Apple App Store and download the app and uh, give it a go and give us some feedback. See, see what works, what doesn't, so we can always make it better for, for you guys. Definitely. We're, we're, we're all for that. Yeah. You don't have any discount codes or anything that floating around out there? <laughs> oh, well, given that it's free, I'm not sure what yeah. you're doing. Do, do, do yeah, I, I pay you an incentive yeah. to use it? Is that what you're after? I, I'll definitely uh, take any sort of discount codes in that. Thanks for listening to this episode. We appreciate you rating and reviewing the podcast, but most importantly, sharing it with people you think it will impact the most. Before we go, again, a massive thanks to our sponsor, the Sunco Spinners. The Sunco Spinners are a social wheelchair-based sporting club. They operate multiple programs for people of all ages and abilities in basketball, rugby, and more. Follow the Sunco Spinners on Facebook, Instagram, and find out more about them at sunkospinners.com.au. 